in his book entitled, Find Your Way, Simon Sinek offers a practical guide for discovering the purpose, the reason, or the why behind what motivates one's actions. Sinek argues that finding your why is paramount to unlocking your potential and producing actions that are sustained even through moments of difficulty. He, he argues that finding your why offers a clarity that drives production and liberates one from the threat of becoming stagnant. And beloved, I'm suggesting this morning that all of us should seek to understand the purpose, the reason, or the why behind what drives our actions, because understanding the why elevates you to a place where you can have sustained actions regardless of external circumstances. Simply put, actions without purpose are hollow movements that are susceptible to failure depending on the size, impact, or duration of a present problem. This is why I appreciate the writer of Psalm 100 because in it, the psalmist offers us a clear purpose, a reason, or a why you can give God thanks and offer him a praise. That, that, that's, that's what draws us to this text this morning. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's a psalm. It's a song that was sung. Back in the days of the children of Israel. And in, in, in fact, uh, this, this psalm is probably one of the most quoted and notorious scriptures in all the Bible. And although we don't know uh, who the writer is of the psalm, scholars suggest that this was indeed a song that was sung in the temple during times of offering. What I like about the psalm is that verse... By verse, the psalmist offers us a clear understanding of what is required for worship to God. From verses 1 through 4, the psalmist provides us an understanding of worship. He, uh, 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 she, she gives us who to worship, how to worship, and the psalmist also gives us where to worship. Make a joyful noise. That's how. Unto the Lord. That's who. All ye lands. Serve the Lord. That's how. With gladness. Come before his presence with singing. That's, that's, that's how. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It, it, it is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We, we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter. Where? Into his gates. With what? 
thanksgiving and, and into where his courts with what? Come on, help me preach it, y'all. Be, be, be thankful unto him and bless his name. I, I like that. Again, one, one through four, the psalmist is giving us who to worship, giving us how to worship, giving us where to worship. Ah, but, but when you get down to verse number five, there's a subtle pivot. The, the psalmist is no longer uh, uh, telling us who to worship. They already did that. They're, they're, they're not telling us uh, how to worship. They took care of that already. They, they're, they're, they're no longer telling us where to worship. They, they, they did that already. Now, when you get down to verse number five, uh, the psalmist transitions to why you should worship. I, I, I told you, I, I grew up in a, in a little church up in Silver Spring, Maryland, and, and, and uh, it, it's called Round Oak Missionary Baptist Church. Still stands there. And, and as a young boy growing up at Round Oak, uh, 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 Deaconess Annie Hungerford, she, she's the mother of the church now, she would often stand and she would recite the 100th Psalm and, and she would get all the way down to verse number five and, and she would say, be thankful unto him and bless his name and then she would immediately scream out why because what 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 she was impressing upon me that that I'm impressing upon us is that as children of God you can easily return to a posture of worship when you retain the proper perspective of the purpose of why you can worship God. Now, now hear me, hear me. I'm, I'm not saying that you should not have an emotional response to what happens in life. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, uh, because we are indeed human beings, you and I. Uh, uh, and because we are, we naturally embrace everything that happens in life with some degree of an emotional response. Uh, because, to put it simply, y'all, life is hard. Life is filled with twists and turns, complications and concerns, celebrations and sadness. And ultimately, we are all going to have some emotional response to what we experience in life. So I'm not saying you shouldn't cry any tears. I'm not saying you shouldn't grieve. I'm, I'm not saying you shouldn't have questions or concerns. But what I am saying is that with tears in your eyes, that, that with grief in your heart, that, that with the questions and with the concerns that life has to offer you, you can still retain a faith that helps you stand on a firm foundation that lets you know that no matter what is going on in my life, I can still be thankful unto him and bless his name because I got a purpose for it. It's, it's a purpose for it. 
So as you look back over this year, you take into account all the ups and the downs, all the heartaches and heartbreaks, all the tears and all the sorrows and all the questions that were left unanswered. I simply want to remind someone that if you're sitting here today under the sound of my voice, then, then, then you've got a reason to make a joyful noise if, if 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 you're here today if 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 god has brought you through january and february march and april may june july august september october november all the way here to the last day of this year you can still make a joyful noise you can still bless his name. You, you can still have glad hands and say, I will be thankful unto him. And bless, and bless his name. So, so what, is, what is this why? What, what is this why? I, I, know, I know who to worship. I, 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 I know how to worship. I know where to worship. But what is this why this psalmist talks about? It's, it's right here in the text. Can I give you a quick three points? And, and then I'm going to let you go finish cooking your black eyed peas and your, and your collard greens. What, some of y'all still got to vacuum and do dishes. I know. I got you. I'm going to let you go soon. I promise I'm not going to keep you long. But I can't help but, but look at this why, Deke. This why. He says, be thankful unto him and bless his name. Why? Well, well, the first why is right in the text. He says, it says, uh, uh, you, you can be thankful unto him and bless his name, number one, uh, because of God's essential character. His essential character. Watch verse number five. Here it is. For the Lord is good. For the Lord is good. Notice the psalmist does not say for the Lord does good things. No, the psalmist starts off by pointing us towards the character of God. This is interesting, but it's a poignant point here because this lets us know that worship should start with who God is. The foundation of your worship, your adoration, your love towards God should not be based off of what God simply does for you. It has to be rooted and grounded in who God is. Because, yes, God does good things for us. But God's hand can sometimes be strange. Sometimes uh, uh, God's hands appear to do strange things. In fact, in fact, I don't know if you know this or not, but, but you and I, we, we, we serve a rather strange God at times. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. When, when, when I think of the strangeness of God, I, I think of the name of God. Yeah. It's a strange, yep. strange name. Uh, what, what, what kind of God would, would, would set a bush on fire? Bring Moses closer and tell him to go back to Egypt and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. Y'all remember that? It's a strange God. When, when Moses asks him, what is your name? And he says, I am that I am. That's a strange name. Because it's a name that is incomplete. It's a name that has a space in the middle. It's, it's, a, it's a name that is simply a Fill in the blank. I, I am that I am. I, I am what you need. When you need it. I, I'm, I'm what you're going to need. Before you even realize that you're going to need me down the road. I'm, I'm a fill in the blank. I'm, I, I'm, a, I'm a wild card. I'm, I match with anything on the table. I, I am what you need. I am that I am. That's a strange name. Not, but not, 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 only, not only is his name strange, but, but some of the things that we read in the narratives about him are strange. It's, it's a strange God uh, to open the mouth of a donkey so it can argue with its rider named Balaam. It takes a strange God uh, uh, to, to spit on the ground and make mud with the the dirt and the spit in order to use that as a tool to anoint and heal a blind man. That's a strange God. It takes a strange God to, to, to want to afflict Job by allowing Satan permission to uh, afflict him and cause all this havoc in Job's life just to prove Job's faithfulness. That's a strange God. And what the psalmist is telling us is that when you can't understand the hand of God, you can always trust the heart of God. Which is why he starts with the foundational truth that God is good. He's good when it hurts. He's good when it doesn't feel good. It, he, he's good whether I got food on the table. He's, he's good whether I only got a little bit of gas in the car. He's good all the time. Hey, I said God is good. It's his, it's his essential character. Huh? I, 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 uh, my, my, my late grandmother uh, my, my, my late grandmother' her name is Ruth Ann Jones. I'm, I miss her to death, y'all. She she uh, uh, she could cook her tail off. God <laughs> mercy, she could she could throw down in the kitchen, and I I, I miss her so much because uh, one of one of my favorite uh, uh, meals or dishes that she would make was her homemade yeast rolls. Let the church say amen. <laughs> Uh, they, they, they were soft, uh, they were buttery, they were brown on the top. They, oh my God, they broke up right, they, uh, they were just, you, you, you could eat them for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It didn't matter what the time of day or anything. I, I, and we, we would pop them like popcorn. The, it was just the, the homemade yeast rolls. Well, I can remember one time when I was little, I, I never really saw her make the rolls. I just knew she could make them. I never saw her make them. 
but I just knew she could do it. It, it, was, it was in her to do it. And so one day I went into the kitchen and said, Grandma, can you please make me some yeast rolls? She was sitting down and she got up. She said, yeah, baby, I'll make you some rolls. And the first thing she did was she went to the fridge. She got some eggs. She came back and I said, Grandma, I don't want any eggs. I want some homemade yeast rolls. Grandma said, I know, baby, I heard you. Just give me some time. She went up into the cupboard, got out some flour. I said, Grandma, I don't know if you heard me or not. I don't want any flour. I want some homemade yeast rolls. She said, baby, I heard you. Just give me some time. And then, and then I saw her go into the, the fridge, get out some butter and, and some more ingredients here and there. And I said, Grandma, I don't want none of that. I want some homemade yeast rolls. And she said, baby, I, uh, I heard you. But, but what you don't understand is that these uh, are the ingredients. That, that I understand you don't know what I'm doing, but I've got to mix all this stuff together. Uh, in order for it to get the, the, the rolls and the dough that I need. And I don't know who, who I'm talking to today, but somebody needs to realize that, that the hand of God is strange and that it will grab eggs in your life over here. It, it will bring flour into your life over here. It will bring all these different ingredients that, that, that separate don't seem to satisfy you, that, that separate don't seem to do the job. But when everything comes together... Because of God's heart, I got to know that I'm trusting him that all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord. Psalmist says you got to, you, you, can, you can be thankful unto him and bless his name because of his essential character. But then, but then the psalmist moves on. Uh, uh, he moves on from God's essential character, and, 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 then, and then he says, not only can you be thankful unto him and bless his name for his essential character, but you can always, you can also do it because of his everlasting mercy. Yeah. Yeah. Be thankful unto him and bless his name, for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. It endureth. Endureth forever. It is everlasting. Here, here the psalmist adds a second layer to arguing why uh, we should worship God. And, and what it does is it, it helps us frame uh, 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 our humanity, uh, the, the frailty, the weakness of our humanity, and, and to focus on the strength and sufficiency of God's divinity. That, that, that it's his mercy. <laughs> now, I need you to understand this. The, the, the word in the original language is, is more than just mercy. It's, it's mercy, love, kindness, tenderhearted. It's, it's, it's an array of, of, of words that, that simply put, it, it lets us know that, that how God deals with us kindly is in this extension out of God's heart and love for us. I like the way the psalmist says because the psalmist says that it is mercy. But not only is it mercy, but it's a mercy that endures. It's everlasting. It, 
It's everlasting mercy. It's, it's a mercy that, that, that has no end. This, this term everlasting, it, it paints the picture of a man walking to the horizon and trying to grasp the edge of the horizon, but soon realizes that the horizon is something that cannot be obtained. I can't grasp it. I can't grab it. I can only keep walking towards it. it that, that, that's what this that's what the picture is of everlasting. And, and the psalmist says that not only can you be thankful unto God and bless him because of his character, but you can also be thankful unto him and bless him because not only does he have mercy, but he's got mercy that is everlasting. You, you can't reach the end of his mercy. You can try and try as much as you want. You can walk and keep on walking but you'll never find the end of God's mercy somebody needs to know that today that God's mercy is everlasting this term mercy it's, 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 it, 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 it means that, that when you fall uh, it, when you fall uh, away from God m- mercy is not just that he grabs you and picks you up But mercy is that he grabs you, picks you up, and then pulls you in. That's what mercy is. Mercy is when he he brings you back into proximity and into love with him because God is a merciful God. That's that's what I'm trying to say. Uh, In fact, 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 uh, uh, the the best picture I like uh, about about God's mercy, it's it's about a, a guilty sinner standing in a courtroom before a judge and the judge hears the sentence or the judge hears the claims against the guilty sinner uh-huh and 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 what the judge does is before the judge hits the gavel he takes off his robe walks down off the stand and stands next to the guilty sinner And becomes not the judge, but his lawyer. He becomes the lawyer and and essentially he starts pleading with the judge on the sinner's behalf. But then, but then after he does that, he, he steps from the side of the sinner and sits in the jury box and finds the convicted sinner innocent and not guilty. And then after he leaves the jury box... He goes back up to the stand of the judge, puts back on his robe and hits the gavel and says, I find you innocent. That's mercy. And what I'm saying is that God does this over and over and over and over and over again because his mercy, hey, his mercy is everlasting. That's why I believe the saints of old said the blood that Jesus shed for me way back on Calvary. That blood that gives me strength from day to day shall never lose its power because it reaches to the highest mountain and, and it flows to the lowest valley. The blood that gives me strength from day to day shall never lose never lose its power y'all y'all take your seat i'm almost done i promise you 
but you can be thankful unto him. You can be thankful unto him and bless his name for, for his, his everlasting mercy. He says, be thankful unto him and bless his name. The why, he says, uh, because of his essential character, he's good. He says, his everlasting mercy. But lastly, and I'm done, he says, lastly, you, you can be thankful unto him and bless his name because of God's enduring truth. His truth endureth forever. This, this word, truth, that we find in, in the psalm, it's, it, it really is a, a mixture of, of concepts to, to form one. It, it, what the psalmist is saying is that uh, it's that his promises are faithful. In, in other words, that God is faithful to his word that when God promises something it's true it is impenetrable it, 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 it is tried and true it, it is it, it, in other words you can take it to the bank don't cash that check doc because if he said it it shall come to pass and so and so the words that the psalmist uses, the language that, that she uses is that uh, his truth endureth forever. When we think about these promises of, of God, what, what the psalmist is, is really uh, thinking about here is, is the number of covenants that God made or established with the children of Israel. And when you read throughout the Bible, you, you will note that there are really uh, five essential covenants. There's more than five, but when you think of the pillars of our, of our faith, there are five essential covenants. There's, there's the first covenant that God establishes with Noah. That, that, that's the first covenant. In fact, in fact, if you read in Genesis that after the flood, uh, uh, Noah emerges and then God comes to Noah. And establishes a covenant in Genesis, in the end of Genesis 8 into Genesis 9, God promises never again to destroy the earth with the flood. And, and as a sign of God's covenant, he said, I'm going to remind myself by putting a rainbow in the sky so that every time it rains and you and I see a rainbow, that's his truth enduring. I was trying to contain it myself, y'all. Uh, because God is saying, that's my covenant. And I'm reminding you that I'm faithful to my word. Not, 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 not only is there the, the covenant with Noah, but, but there's another covenant that, that God uh, kept with Abraham. In fact, in Genesis 12, when you go back and read it, God promises Abraham uh, to make his name great among the nations. Let me move on. There's, there's also the, the covenant we call it the Mosaic covenant. It's the covenant that God makes with Moses uh, uh, right when they get to Mount Sinai uh, in Exodus 19. Uh, that, that God comes and enters a covenant with the children of Israel and promises them that you will be my treasured people. 
And after that, you have the Davidic covenant, which is simply when God covenanted with David and promised him that his lineage, ah, that, that, that his descendant would always occupy the throne. And then we have this new covenant. You see, you see the, the covenant of Noah, the covenant of Abraham, the covenant of Moses and of David, that's for the psalmist. But us, you and I, we, we, we have something that's called the new covenant. Yeah, we, we, we don't got to worry uh-huh, about, about God uh, not causing a flood no more. We, uh-huh, nah, Noah took care of that with, with God. Uh, we, we, don't, we don't have to worry about uh, being a great nation. Uh, no, God, God promised that to Abraham. We, I'm not worried about uh, being uh, the treasured people in the desert. And I'm not worried about my name and my, my lineage sitting on some throne. But what I do like is I, I like this new covenant thing, y'all. Because the new covenant is, is what Jesus establishes and fulfills. Back in Jeremiah, uh, Jeremiah 31, Jeremiah was talking about this, this, this time where God was going to reconcile God's people back to him. And, and God was going to put his word in their heart. And when Jesus is on, is in the upper room, uh, Jesus says, take and drink, for this is the sign of the new covenant. And what Jesus does for us is that Jesus establishes a, a completion of a covenant that is now open and accessible for all of us. So, so what I'm saying is that we have relationship with God and it's attached to a promise with God. Now, why am I telling you all this? Because time after time, God has promised some things. And all I want to let you know is that God has kept his promise. The time after time, when it, when it, when it was with Noah, he kept his promise. When it was with Abraham, he kept his promise. When it was with Moses and the children of Israel, although they didn't keep their end of the bargain, God still kept his promise. And with David, yeah, God kept his promise. And here with the new covenant, I know that God is going to keep his promise. And all I'm trying to remind you is that time after time, moment after moment, season after season, that God has said some things to you and I. God has promised to be faithful and if you look here now in your life, you can see that God's promises have always been true. That's all I'm trying to say, that, that it's his truth. But I, I, I like what the psalmist says. It's not just truth, but it's truth that endures. When I was in high school, I ran track. And I quickly found out I ain't fast at all. Found that out real fast. Got bad knees, doc. I run funny. I'm not fast. I went to my track coach. I said, I said, coach, everybody beating me, coach. And she said, yeah, because you're not fast. She said, you, you, you don't have speed. 
She said, speed makes you go fast. She said, but what you do have is you have endurance. And so although you can't go fast, you can go far. Because that's what endurance is. You don't need endurance uh-huh, to go fast. But she said, you do need some endurance if you're going to go far. And I wish I had just one witness today that can simply testify that the God that I serve, yeah, he don't got to go fast with me. But I thank God that his faithfulness, that his truth, it has indeed gone far. It went far starting in January. It, it, it went far. It, it, it kept on pushing through February. It, it, it went far. It, it, it kept the same uh-huh, in March. It, yeah, his, his faithfulness, uh, it dried some tears in April eh, because his faithfulness, it goes far. It, 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 it kept me whole in May. It, it, it kept me sane in June, uh, July, and August uh, because his faithfulness, his, his truth, it endures to all generations. It, it, it kept my mind. Yeah. It healed my body. Yeah. It, it, it kept me whole. It, it gave me joy. And, and now here I am on the last day of the year yeah, with hands lifted high because I got a why. I know why I praise him. I, I know why I thank him. It's because yeah, I can give thanks to him. I can bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And his truth, eh, it endures to all generations. Come on, I wish I had just one witness that can simply say that I thank God now for his faithfulness. I thank God now because he kept me. I thank God now because at the 40 and 2 generations, he came down in the form of Jesus and I thank him because living he loved me dying he saved me buried he carried my my sins far away and rising he justified freeing me forever and one day he's coming what a glorious day so why should I feel discouraged and why should the shadows come why should my heart feel lonely long for heaven and home because Jesus is my portion he's a constant friend and if his eyes on the spirit hey I know he watches me remember remember you got a reason you got a reason You got a reason to be thankful unto him and bless his name. God is faithful. God is faithful, y'all. And his faithfulness endures to generations. That there are some people in your life there's a mother in your past, a grandmother, a deacon, a pastor who prayed for you, had you on their mind. And 
the reason why you're here today is because God is still answering the echoed prayer of the past because his faithfulness endures. It doesn't stop. My mother would tell me about times when she was a young mother with me and her, uh, me and my, my brother. She was a single parent. She would tell me about the moments that she had, how she lost her house one time and we had to move into a basement. She slept on a twin-sized bed with two boys. I was a baby. She told me how one night she looked into the window. There was a small window, the only window in the basement. She said she looked up into that window and saw the stars and started praying to God. She prayed that God would be with her and show himself true. And she said, after praying that prayer, the next week, she got a phone call from some local assistants and said, Miss Jones, I don't know how, but your name got moved to the top of the list. Because God is faithful. And not only is he faithful to my mother, but it endures to generations. And I can remember coming home one night after moving down here, my wife and I, we were living in a little apartment out in Durham. Deke, I came home and I sat in my daughter's room. Kennedy was a baby. And I looked around the room. I had a little job. I was working part-time making $9.50 an hour. That's it. That's all I had. And I remember coming home and sitting in her room. And I looked around at everything in her room. Clothes. Bassinet. Crib. Toys. Shoes. Socks. Everything that my eyes laid on was given to me. I didn't buy any of it. It was blessed with me. And I, I heard God in that moment say, I was faithful to her. I was faithful to your mother. I was faithful to her mother. And I was faithful to her family. I was faithful throughout the generations. And I'll be faithful to you. Because the God that we serve, his truth endures. Ah, he's faithful. So as you look back over this last year, cry your tears. Grieve. There's a lot that we went through. But always remember, you got a reason. At the end of the day, I will still be thankful unto him and I'll still bless his name because he's good he's good his mercy is everlasting oh and his truth endures to all generations we know that you have been blessed through the hearing of God's word on this day we invite you to join us at New Providence Missionary Baptist Church, located at 4813 Hilltop Needmore Road, Fuquay, Arena, North Carolina. 
For more information, you can contact our ministry at 919-552-3531 or visit our website at www.NewProvidenceBaptist.com. Thank you for joining us and be blessed.